What a privilege it is to be with you again. God bless you. I'm so excited to be here with you. You have absolutely no idea. I am overjoyed and overwhelmed by the, the wonders of God and his, his loving kindness. And we're going to talk about his loving kindness today. And it's so important that we do that because of the subject matter. We, we will not fear, but there is a global economic reset developing even now. And the Lord has been peering into this and showing it to me since last year. And the Lord is now releasing me to show you what it is that's coming so that you might know what to do and that you might know the Lord's heart about it and see what he wants you to see and experience who he is in the midst of this Goshen experience that we're about to have. The people of God are going to be in a place called Goshen, which is protected from some of the, the issues of this world. But we need to be positioned properly in order to experience Let's talk about this global economic reset and uh, and then we will will convene uh, at a different time father in the name of Jesus I just want you to take over my mind and my heart comfort comfort your people God I pray that we can still clap our hands for joy and sing praises to your name for you are um, loving and kind God your kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting you've never changed you're still kind you still have hope you still have mercy that is renewed day by day you are still a loving God, and you draw us with your loving kindness. We love you. I pray now that you minister to us uh, by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, this is a ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. If you want to learn more about us, go to faithfireworldwide.com. We are looking for those who will partner with us as we are now uh, refreshed in our vision to proclaim prophetically the will of God and to prophetically fan the flame of revival around the world. This is a prophetic ministry and we are unashamed about it. It is coming from the Lord, his dreams and his visions. As we interpret what he is saying, understand the times and the seasons so that his people might be edified, encouraged, exhorted in every single way. And so we are so thankful for you. If you want to learn about how you can support, go to faithfireworldwide.com. That's also where you can sign up for our newsletter and you can sign up for our coming on with our new podcast either here on YouTube or if you're listening to us via podcast you can get an alert to that if you text the word faithfire to 55498 faithfire one word to 55498 i'm so thankful for the shalom of god right now so let us talk about this global economic reset that is is developing as we speak and i'm not just talking about uh, the rumblings. I'm talking about what will be a deep reset in the economy. And I'll just share briefly what the Lord has shown me so that you can begin to understand why I'm here. Uh, this is an urgent matter, and this is a matter that is on the Lord's heart for his people to know the hidden wisdom, glory to God, as we endure and overcome. So what the Lord has shown me is that he's resetting the economic system. He's, he's resetting the economic clock. I saw that the clock needed to be reset. Some angels brought this to my attention, they were waiting for the Lord to come and inspect the economic system. And suddenly I did see things change and shift. I saw a change in leadership in the economic system. I saw some uh, things happen with particular industries and particular companies. One company in particular that is one of the most valuable companies uh, on this planet, I saw their stock going down. And I knew the Lord was speaking to me over the course of several dreams and visions that the economic reset was coming. It was not something that we can pray away. It is the will of God and he's going to have his way uh, in the midst of this economic reset. So uh, I don't need to go into much further detail about what I've seen because I really wanna focus on what the Lord is saying in it, amen? So if you wanna learn more about uh, what the Lord has shown me, you can look at some previous episodes. We've got famine, 
famine part two and famine part three. Uh, this is called global economic reset, which is really famine part four. But if you want to catch up on what the Lord has shown me, you can go back and listen to or watch on our YouTube channel those first three uh, installments of this teaching, because this is the Lord teaching us. So why is the Lord doing this? Why is the Lord doing this? Well, I want to read something out of Psalm 107, and it's going to minister to your soul about what the Lord is doing. So if you go to Psalm 107, I do encourage you, if you have a Bible, to get that out, if you can press pause and read along with me, because I'm going to go through 11 uh, verses of Scripture, and I'm going to read the entire thing, and then you can kind of discern by the Spirit what God is doing. So let's read together, beginning at verse 33 in Psalm 107. It says, He turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. He turns a wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. There he makes the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place. So we're talking about renewal there. And it's for those who are poor in spirit, those who have been oppressed, those who have been suppressed, those that have been done wrong by wickedness, now come into a wealthy place, glory to God. Verse 37, still talking about those who, are, who have been uh, uh, replenished after the famine. It says, and sow fields and plant vineyards that they may yield a fruitful harvest. Verse 38, he also blesses them and they multiply greatly. That's huge. The Lord wants to grow his family. And so what he does is he does almost like what we see wildfires do. They ravage a stretch of forest, but that stretch of forest after it's ravaged and looks dead actually spring, springs forth new growth that is stronger, it is hardier, it is more enduring, and it will last and be fruitful more so than the previous forestry that was there. It needed to be cleansed. It needed to be replaced. Glory to God. And so he wants to bless us and multiply us uh, you talk about revival. The revival is going to come as a result of these resets that we've been seeing in the land. And it says he does not let their cattle decrease. That's the heart of the Lord for you to, to be prosperous. Verse 39, when they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes or the leaders and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way yet. He sets the poor on high, far from affliction, and makes their families like a flock. Glory to God. The righteous see it and rejoice, and all iniquity stops its mouth. Whoever is wise will observe these things, and listen to this, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Let's stop right there. The point of all of this, this famine, even the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, which was a plague and still is, it's still taking lives. The plague has not ended. All of this is for us to understand the loving kindness of the Lord. What does it say that he does? He pours contempt on princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. He brings us to the end of ourselves when we get pompous and prideful and think that we're supposed to be leading ourselves. This can represent government. It can represent leadership in the body of Christ, in the church. He's cleansing it all. He's cleansing fathers in their homes. Those who think they're above uh, God's leading and they, they got it all figured out. God ravages things and wipes out the system and hits the reset button. And the reset button is supposed to get us to restart in him, in him. It's about uh, humility. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 11 because we see something here 
about the capability and the proclivity of mankind. This is the story of the Tower of Babel. We're going to stay here just for a few moments, and then we're going to go and wrap up speaking about the fear of man, the fear of man, which is something the Lord is delivering us from, those who will allow him. Glory to God. I do want to say this here, that, that as God is, is stoking the ground and preparing the ground for revival, not everyone's going to get the picture. Not everyone's going to receive um, the deep reset because it is a choice. It is a choice for us to choose God. It's a choice for us to turn away from our wicked ways. It is a choice for us to confess our sins so that he might forgive our sin and then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is an act of faith. It's an act of devotion to the Lord. And all of it is supposed to bring us to a place where we understand the loving kindness of God. We understand the heart of the Father. The, the truth of the matter is the body of Christ in America has gotten so off, has gotten so full of tradition and the commandments of men. The Bible records, oh God, I wish I could go there. It says, specifically, Jesus says that they do not worship me. They do not worship me because they have taught their traditions as, as doctrine. That's God. That's literally Jesus speaking. And I want to encourage you that Jesus has allowed us to be this way for generations. But there is a time when the Lord is going to change uh, things and reset things. And that is what he is doing. And I want to encourage you to allow the Lord to do this in your life and not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Amen. OK, so let's go to Genesis chapter 11. I'm, I was trying to remember. Uh, where to find that verse about, you know, they worship me. Um, they do not worship me because they've taught the commandments of men as doctrine, as doctrine. And I'm going to find it here right now. Matter of fact, I want you to know this. It's Mark 7, 7. Let's turn there real quick, because this is another thing the Lord's delivering us from. The traditions of men that we've been teaching as doctrine. And he's teaching us true and pure worship. Glory to God. He wants us in the secret place. He wants you to stand before him as before the judgment seat in the temple in the most holy place. And he wants you to be found well-pleasing. Amen, somebody. It says, um, Mark 7, 7, and in vain they worship me, teaching, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Can you just discern the broken heart of God there? In vain they are worshiping me. So, so let's take a step back. That means it is possible for you to be a, a effective servant in the church and not be worshiping God. Think about when Jesus arrived, they did not recognize him. Those who were the religious leaders didn't know who he was because they had no relationship with him. They had been teaching doctrines, but they had not been living worship. And so they couldn't teach worship. <laughs> they couldn't teach it because they didn't know God. And we have that today in America's church. Can I say that again? We have a pharisaical religious spirit that the Lord is delivering us from in the body of Christ. Gosh, I wish I could get into the depth of that right now. But I need to get to Genesis uh, 11. We're going to start at verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, that's Babylon, and they dwelt there. Then they said one to another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They, they basically created a confederacy to rebel against God. They said to one another, they didn't talk to God, let us go and do this. Why? Because we can. They had brick for stone. They had what they needed. They had asphalt for mortar. They had what they needed. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, not the Lord. 
and a tower whose top is in the heavens. So they wanted to basically be in competition with God. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. This is the inspection. So the Lord himself will come and see it. Now, we know the Lord is everywhere. The Lord has eyes everywhere. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth. But sometimes God comes personally to visit and inspect something as a part of the process of judgment, as a part of the process. So due process in our democracy actually has a biblical standard. It has a biblical foundation that the Lord comes to witness it. The Lord sends angels to bring him back a report of what it is that he's seen from afar. It's part of the process. It's part of adjudicating the judgment against mankind so that God has, has shown even the angels that he is a righteous God and that he doesn't just haphazardly make decisions. It's a process. Glory to God. It's his mercy. And so he comes down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And then the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all of the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. So the Lord had to remove the confederacy, the rebellion against his perfect will. He had to remove the ability for all of us to share in, a, in an unrighteous understanding of what we should do. Our minds had been in agreement on the wrong thing. Somebody needs to hear the Lord. Sometimes God has to show up and change our minds by creating havoc by allowing chaos, by allowing a reset for him to unplug that which we've plugged into the wrong power, which is the spirit of darkness. We've plugged in in the body of Christ into the wrong power in many ways, and we've got idolatry, namely religion and politics, that are now infectious in the body of Christ. Infectious. We are so much more passionate about politics, passionate about certain things in, in our religious traditions, then we are with loving God and loving people. And the Lord is delivering us from this. So the, the secret sauce, the secret to changing all of this is God turning our hearts back to him to reverence him with a healthy fear. What does the scripture say? It says, do not fear man. It says, fear God who has the power to leave your soul and your body in hell. There is a, a real appreciation for God's ability to to, to damage and destroy us that we need to carry. We don't carry it in a fear that causes negativity. We carry it in, a, in, a, in an attitude of joyful devotion to him that he gives us the grace to maintain and, and live our lives in spite of the fact that he has the absolute right to wipe us out if we had not chosen Christ, if we had not been redeemed. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. And I'm going to read this scripture as we go there from Matthew 10. It says, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's a healthy fear of God. You need to have an, uh, an understanding and carry with you an understanding that God controls who goes to hell, that God can banish people, that God can hurt you. <laughs> yes, he can hurt you. That is not outside of God's power. It's not outside of God's purpose. It's not outside of God's plan for him to inflict pain. Glory to God. 
And some things the Lord has shown me to, even today in study that I'm going to be sharing later uh, have been just so illustrative about who he is, that he does visit and he does judge and he does bring pain. Why? So that we can have a healthy fear of him, because when we've lost that fear, we're now stepping in pride and we're, we're damaging to ourselves and others. We're walking in sin. Sin is when we're off target. We're hitting the wrong target. We're hitting a target that is hurting ourselves and hurting other people. And God does not want that. His desire is that none would perish. Glory to God. So let's go to Jeremiah 17, one of my favorite stretches of scripture during this season. This is one to bookmark. This is one to give you some, some serious comfort in this season as to what God is doing. So let me share this with you. God allows the wilderness so that we can become a shrub. Glory to God. He, he puts the shrub in the wilderness in a parched place so that that shrub has to dig deep and, and go and tap into something unseen from the surface. And so I'm going to read this to you so that you can understand what God is doing in your life. I'm prophesying to you. This is what God is doing in your life. This is what God is doing in the body of Christ. You're not alone. You're not alone. He's doing this in all of us. He's building in us a fortitude to have faith and to eat the bread of life, to live off of him and not our own uh, intellect, our own ability. He wants us to be in connection and fellowship with him, period. So we're going to begin Reading here at Jeremiah 17, verse 5, we're going to end at verse 10. And it says, thus says the Lord. Now, remember, we're talking about a global economic reset, which is part of the famine in the land. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Come on. God is being truthful here. He's, he's saying, I can't lie to you. You're cursed if you trust in man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. That breaks the Lord's heart when our heart departs from him and we go and we pay more attention to what men and women have to say about us and how and, and, and pleasing them instead of pleasing God. If you're pleasing God, you're going to bless people. I need to say that again. If you're pleasing God, you're going to bless people. Bless God and everything else handles itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right living, and all these things will be added to you. Everything else fall, falls into place. Now watch what it says in verse six. The man who's cursed. So this is the person who's now been put in, in a famine because of their fear of someone other than God. It says, for that person shall be like a shrub in the desert. So he puts you in the desert as a result of you fearing man and not him. And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. So now you're living in a famine. You're living in a desert land. You're living in a wilderness. Reminds me of the book of Exodus where the Lord chose to put the people in the middle of a wilderness. He put them there. Why? Because he wanted them to be isolated and, and feed off of him. He was at the center of all they did. They camped around the tabernacle. Glory to God. And in verse... Uh, Seven, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like what? A tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. So the heat's still coming, but we're not afraid because we're planted with him and it's like being near water. But its leaf will be green even in the drought and it will not be anxious in the year of drought. Come on, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. So that's God's design. He places you in a place when you're outside of his will and you're not fearing him and reverencing him and honoring him as the one who owns you. He owns you. We are bond servants to God. He's a loving father and a loving master and a loving Lord. He is the Lord. He says it over and over. I am the Lord. I'm in charge. I'm over you. I own the earth and everybody in it. 
Amen. But he, he wants us to have a healthy fear of him because that's where health is. That's where blessing is. That's where the waters are. That's where fruitfulness is. Glory to God. He wants you to be fruitful in him. He wants you to be blessed and not anxious in the year of drought. So, so let me pray for you quickly. God, in the name of Jesus, I declare those who are seeking you will not fear in famine. Glory to God. And will not yield or will not cease yielding fruit. Glory to God. Now watch this. This is something we've got to be aware of in verses 9 and 10. It says, the heart is a deceitful thing above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's a rhetorical question. We don't have to answer it because it's answered right here. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So we're going into a famine because of ourselves. We're going into a famine because our hearts have departed from the Lord. That's what he said. He says, when we have fear of man, our hearts have departed from the Lord and it hurts him. It breaks his heart because he wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. He wants you to be in receipt of all that he has for you. And so I'm going to pray for you because as this global economic reset is happening, we need to have a, an altar in our home, a place where we're meeting with the Lord, where we're having tabernacle with him. Amen. That we have the koinonia, the fellowship, the deep fellowship with God. The word of the Lord to you is fellowship. The word of the Lord to you is communion. The word of the Lord to you is do not fear. The word of the Lord is do not turn to the left or to the right, but meditate on my word day and night so that you may prosper and have good success. Glory to God. The promised land was, was a place that, that did not just show up. They had to walk into it. And as they walked toward the promises, they had to be delivered from the Egypt, the limitations, the oppression, the world system, the Babylon that had gotten into their bloodline. Their generations had been infected. They did not know how to worship the Lord. The Lord literally had to teach them how to worship on their way to the promise. And that's what he's doing in the land. I praise you, Holy Ghost, for making it plain. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you for your word. Your word is pure, converting the soul. Your testimonies are, are pure, making wise the simple. Your testimonies are sure. God, you make us wise. You said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But you said fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's not us. God, I pray that people will be seeking the prophetic word of God. I pray for you to purify the prophetic in our, in our land, in our, in our world, that people can hear the voice of the Lord. You said to the disciples, throw your nets on the right side of the boat. They had been going in an entirely opposite direction. But when they heard your voice and they got your instruction, it brought a harvest. It brought prosperity and it brought their eyes open to see you sitting there on the beach. They said, it is the Lord. God, that's the point. You want us to know you and understand you. Understand your loving kindness. Bring us to yourself as you tabernacle with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, just want to remind you as we prepare to close that you can find us at faithfireworldwide.com. If you're listening to us on the podcast, you can visit our YouTube channel and watch the video versions of this. You can also, if you're watching on YouTube, go and uh, find our podcast online and download it for your personal device so that you can get this on the road or get this when you're in the gym and let the word of the Lord wash you and cleanse you. Glory to God. He washes us with the water of his word. And that includes the prophetic word and the written scripture. It, he speaks through the, the rhema word and the logos. He speaks and the, and the rhema hits us right at a certain season. 
The rhema brings the word of God to a space in your life, a time, and it speaks to where you are. It speaks to your season. It speaks to your time. It speaks to your heart condition, and it pulls you closer to God. It turns you to Jesus, and that's why this ministry is here. We are here to fan the flame of revival around the world, to speak prophetically to you so that you may become a devoted follower of Jesus Christ and love the world. I praise God for you. I pray that you sign up for our newsletter and you can sign up for the text alerts as well. If you simply send uh, the word faith fire to 55498, faith fire to 55498, we'll alert you and we're going on with our new podcast. Listen, I'm going to be talking about persecution coming. The Lord has literally mapped out for me uh, the next several episodes for what it is that he wants me to see, uh, talk about. We're going to be talking about not just famine, but persecution. Uh, we're going to be talking about war and plague. And uh, God is, is, is he's instituting some things in the earth all around the world. It's a global reset. And he's bringing his people to his tabernacle where he's filling his house with glory again for the great awakening that is to come. Please consider ministering uh, to us through support if you feel led to do that. That's all I'm going to say about it. Until next week, we pray that you are uh, in perfect peace in him. God bless you. Thank you.